this is Weasel Skull, and you're listening to a very special Long Box Crusade episode. The 12 Days of Crusade Miss 2018. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Hello and welcome to the second installment of the 12 Days of Crusadeness, brought to you by the Long Box Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusadeness is our gift to the comic-loving podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some often overlooked comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusadeness will bring you a new hidden gem of a comic series, brought to you either by one of our Jingling All the Way co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Until we get all the way to Christmas Day, December 25th. I'm your host for this second day of Crusademus, Jason Albrick, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. And here are the right jolly old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. First, we have the man who makes it all happen, Pat DJ Cristados. Hey, Jack Weed. I get more action in a week than you have had in your entire life. I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Vail. In each one, a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You're feeling strong, my friend. Call me Elf one more time. (laughs) Somebody came prepared. I like that energy. Let's keep it going. My brother from my actual mother, Jared, the Death Probe Albrick. Here's the thing. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, 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 ho. (laughs) I love it. I like where your head is at. So next up, rounding out our normal crew is Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. I will have you know that Bruce Willis came out and said that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. So everyone, please send him many, 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 many tons of coal. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to make some Die Hard Christmas cards and send him a few, I think. That's ironic because we're broadcasting live from Nakatomi Towers tonight. (laughs) That is right. Yep, yep. And I'm sure everything will go swimmingly. (laughs) But today is one of those days where we have a special guest star that's going to co-host this episode. And today's guest is Ryan Daly. Ryan, 
Welcome to the show. Thank you very, very much. I actually agree with Mr. Willis's assessment that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. That is my controversial hot take, or as you may say, hot take. <laughs> hot take. Ooh, now I'm hungry. Oh, Pancakes. So Ryan's coming to us. He's sitting around the fireplace. He's got the hot cocoa in his hand. He is our special guest. You might have heard him from some of his podcasts like Fire and Water Network, the Cheers cast, Batman Nightcast, It's Midnight, the podcasting hour, and one or two others. So thanks for joining us, Ryan. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Although in the spirit of Christmas, if I could have one gift, I wish that you would call me Dark Web for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about that, Dark Web? I think that there better be a nice Christmas card coming my way (laughs) (laughs) with with, with some Bitcoin in it or something. (laughs) Would would you settle for a free ham? I don't know about keeps on giving. (laughs) I don't know if he brought any Bitcoin, but I do see that he has a stocking with him. And what do you have gift wrapped in that stocking there, Ryan? Well, as you may have heard in the singing intro, today is two Ant-Man's anting, which means we are unwrapping Ant-Man from 2015. Ant-Man was a five-issue series initially, published in 2015, really to capitalize on the Marvel Studios film starring Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas. The series was written by Nick Spencer with covers by Mark Brooks and interior art by Ramon Rosanas. After the five issues wrapped up, the series continued with an Ant-Man annual and then a one-off special tied into the 2015 Secret Wars mega crossover event. That one-off special was called Last Days of the Ant-Man. After that, the series was renamed and renamed numbered because, you know, Marvel just can't help themselves. Astonishing Ant-Man with the same creative team in place. That series ran 13 issues. So the whole story of the modern Scott Lang Ant-Man, his daughter Cassie, his old villains, his new villains, his new friends who in the comics are actually old villains, and his new girlfriend who is also, yes, a villain. This is all told by the team of Spencer, Rosanis, and Brooks over the course of 20 issues, if you were to collect the whole thing. The reason I picked this, I really like this this, to me, was one of the most enjoyable new series that I've read in the last couple of years. For one thing, because I legitimately like Ant-Man. I like that character. I'm one of maybe like six people who was looking forward to the movie because I liked the character before I ever saw it. As far as the story goes, like throughout the whole thing, it deals with a lot of themes of, first of all, humor is a big part of the series. Scott Lang is a hard luck ex-con. He's surrounded by C and D list supervillains who may or may not have reformed, depending on your perspective. A lot of the types of humor that you can find in the movies actually played out in the comic pretty well. If anybody was a fan of the series Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which is also written by Nick Spencer, this is like a sister title. It picks up some of the same characters and definitely some of the same ideas. Another thing is that it's very much about fatherhood and about a guy's struggle to relate to and connect and protect his teenage daughter. Certainly as a new father, when I was reading a big chunk of the series, I was feeling a connection to that. But there's also like a lot of kind of modern gimmicky things. There's a new technology. There's a supervillain app in introduced called Hench, which is basically like Uber or Tinder or something that connects like if you want to hire a supervillain to commit a crime for you, <laughs> you just get the app, Hench. So you get a lot of humor played out with that. Like, I like that. Yeah, like Whirlwind and The Voice and The Hijacker, these horrible old Ant-Man and Giant-Man villains just sitting around waiting to get hired to, you know, kidnap Wait, somebody. Waiting for someone to DM them or? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> had any of you guys read the series? No, this was my first read. What about you, Jared? No, I had read this before. First timer for me. Delvin? No, 
going to be honest, I didn't read this issue. Yes. <laughs> Somebody had to keep it alive. <laughs> well, since Dark Web is out, he didn't read the issue. We need someone to take Dark Web's place. <laughs> well, if you're going to twist my arm. I fell right into it. Dang it. No, I had not read this series or any Ant-Man solo issues ever. This is my first. So that just leaves you, Pat. Well, I'd like to maybe bestow another name onto Ryan that I just thought about. Midnight Web. That's not bad. I think it's close to Dark Web, and so <laughs> I'm going to poop all over it. Christmas. Midnight Web it is. So pray for cheer and find me those detonators. <laughs> yes! <laughs> So, like, this is the Christmas where I asked for G.I. Joe and I got those Battle Core action figures instead. (laughs) started on Christmas and G.I. Joe. Here we go. This is a show unto itself. This happens every year we get together for Christmas. We have to hear Jason's sad Christmas stories. Yes. Well, you would be sad, too, if you got the Ram and your brother got the... Damn Sky Striker. Keep keep going. Keep going, man. You're good. Damn Sky Striker. Ram doesn't even come with a figure. Now, if they would have got me rock and roll and the Ram, then maybe we could talk. But no. All they're saying is, we love him more than you. <laughs> I'm going to go get a refill of something to drink. I'll be right back. So. I'm going to go right. kill a show, girl. <laughs> For those of you listening, yes. that's a callback to an episode that was probably released four months ago. <laughs> You're right. Man, how time travels. He's good, man. He's got this timeline all down in his head. He's Midnight Web, baby. He's Midnight Web. I don't don't know. Well, now that we've crapped on my holiday cheer, no, none of us have read Ant-Man number one. I don't think Pat ever got to answer the question. Oh, that's true. No, I have not read it. (laughs) Okay, so no, none of us have read Ant-Man number one. Back to you, Ryan. Okay. For today's episode, I asked, in the spirit of Christmas... For the team to indulge me and read Ant-Man issue one, which I think does a really stellar job of setting up the Scott Lang version of Ant-Man. The character's history and his job and family situations, despite the fact that this book takes place in the comic book universe, I think it's really easy to recognize a lot of the same themes and tone with the Ant-Man movie that came out around the same time as this issue back in 2015. Brief summary of the issue, it opens with Ant-Man using his superpowers to shrink down in size and control ants to break into the high-rise apartment of a power CEO that we discover, shocker, is actually Tony Stark. Flashback to earlier that day, Scott Lang interviewed for a job as Stark's new head of security. Tony has no intention of giving Scott a job because his life story shows him to be kind of a flake who can't commit to friends, family, or super teams. As Ant-Man, Scott breaks into Tony's apartment to show off his skills and his willingness to change, ironically. So, Tony gives him the job and immediately regrets it because Scott flakes again. Scott's ex wife moves to Florida, taking his daughter Cassie with her. Even though the job at Stark Industries would give Scott respectability and financial security, he doesn't want to live without his daughter. So he moves down to Miami to be close to her. That, in a nutshell, is or a Christmas type of nutshell, is what Ant-Man number one thought. 
there you go. I knew there was something that you roasted. Going around the horn, what did you guys think of Ant-Man number one? Let's do a different order. Christados. Well, thank you, Ryan. I'm glad you asked me to read this book. I really enjoyed this one. Like you said, it reminded me more of the first movie, how he would joke around and how they kind of placed that into the comic book. Art-wise, really liked the art in it. I thought it was very well drawn. Very down-to-earth, though, too, which is kind of different for a comic book. Uh, as you mentioned, getting to know him and why he is doing what he's doing as Ant-Man. He's Ant-Man, and so, like, you just walk in the streets with his costume on. I didn't know anybody would actually do that. I don't know a lot about Ant-Man. Well, I know some of the iterations of him, but I haven't really delved into any of the other back issues of Ant-Man. So that's something on my list to do. I definitely like how they use the ants actually in this as some of the effects, like on the cover, you have a bunch of ants around it. Also in some of the other places, the little ants show up in different areas there. This comic kind of plays off of the movie and how Stark is in the movie as well, too. Let's get the opinion of Dark Web number two. What did you think? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Man, I'm getting booed off on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so tired. Of, I'm, I'm, I'm singing to myself. Bring it. In the um. <laughs> yeah, so this is my first read. I haven't really read this. Um, I like I like the relationship between him and the daughter as he's trying to be the father that he needs to be, and then his ex-wife isn't letting him. So it's kind of a different story from the movie. Delvin? Oh, it's my turn again. <laughs> I, I'm so lost. I'm so confused. Show sure, is gonna be fun to edit. <laughs> I feel like I should be doing something, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, if only there was somebody with hosting responsibilities. Delvin the Dark Web Williams, the OG Dark Web. I like that. That made me sound cool. Give us your thoughts. Man, I really did enjoy it. But first, so no one has any complaints about the length of this issue? I was going to no? bring it up. No? <laughs> I was going to bring it up. I mean, It wasn't my turn to talk, but <laughs> so, so, I know Ryan, where you're going. So, Ryan, just to let you know, the fellas don't like if you give them extended issues. They don't like that. Anything over 22 pages, it's like, eh, I don't like it. The thing was like 60 pages, and it was on that ghetto comic book thing that took like four minutes a page to load. See, how come the dark web stuff gotta be ghetto? <laughs> come on, man. It's like it advertised like... asking you. <laughs> I just, why does the dark web page have to be ghetto? See, the man's yeah. always holding the dark web down. That's why. That's why. Yeah, this this was my first time reading it. <laughs> uh, I like how he shrinks down to like a small ant size. <laughs> the issue, it was very good. I was impressed. I'll pause on talking about Ant-Man and I'll talk a little bit about Nick Spencer. He wrote Sam Wilson, Captain America. He wrote Steve Rogers Cap, but I wasn't reading that. I did read Sam Wilson Cap and I read Secret Wars and good grief did he come under fire and everyone accused him of a lot of different stuff and I didn't quite get it because I was reading the Sam Wilson Cap and I don't know what he does to research, but man he was on it with Sam Wilson and how he characterized Sam Wilson and how it might be if a black American took over the role of Captain America. He nailed it. He nailed it. I mean, so much so that between that and Secret Wars, you know, all the people gave him all this crap, but he wound up getting the flagship character of Marvel, Amazing Spider-Man. And they don't just give people that out of the blue. They do that because they trust them. And I wound up reading one of the 
free comic book day little teaser about Amazing Spider-Man and it was funny. I mean, it was funny in the way that you would want Peter Parker to be funny. So Nick Spencer has a great grasp on the characters that he writes. And so reading Ant-Man, going back to the actual book we're discussing today, I was very captivated in how he started shaping Ant-Man's world and how he painted him as this isn't the super glossy, awesome winner. This dude has warts and he has wrinkles and creases. But the one thing that defines him probably more than anything is that he loves his daughter. And that's even more than the costume that he wears all the time. So you put that on top of all of the humor and the good artwork and everything. It was a fantastic issue. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. So you didn't mind the length of it? That's what she... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. I was going to say it too. <laughs> no, Pat, I did not mind it because it was one solid, well-told story. So I enjoyed it immensely. I will pass the baton off to Jared. Thank you, Delvin. Going into this, I saw the Nick Spencer thing. I said, now I got to read a book by the guy who ruined Captain America. Said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never read those cap books. <laughs> For a guy who does a like comic book podcast, the only thing I subscribe to currently is James Bond titles. So I've been kind of out of the universe. I catch up slowly via Marvel Unlimited, but I haven't reached that point, so I really don't know what that's all about. But I did know that Nick Spencer was controversial, but I'm like, whatever, I'll give anybody a chance. Read it. Really, really liked it. No beef with this story at all. It was a lot of fun. I want to start off with two Ant-Man movie jokes that you can feel free to use whenever you're in a social setting. And anytime the movie Ant-Man comes up, say, I heard Paul Rudd had a really small part. That's really funny. <laughs> And then if you have a 12-year-old like I do, when he says, Dad, can we see Ant-Man? And then I respond with, I got the directed DVD version called Uncle Woman. He thought that was funny, too. <laughs> I'm not going to say, no, you can't see him. He's too small. <laughs> Those are freebies for you guys, especially if you have 12-year-olds. They love that stuff. Back to the comic. What a wonderful movie tie-in. And this has been a beef, and I know Delvin and I have talked about this, and Jason and I probably have as well in the past, but I know Delvin and I have talked about this. When you've got hit movies hitting the big screen, you've got to capitalize on that in the comic book shops. Yes, sir. Going yep. back to 2000 and from 2001 to about 2003, I did a little moonlighting at the movie theater in Montgomery while I was stationed at Maxwell Air Force Base. And I was good friends with the guy who ran the comic shop. And so movies like Daredevil came out. And the comic book shop guy was clever and he would business tie-in and he'd be at the opening day giving away Daredevil comics and you got people coming out going, okay, I like Daredevil. What can you give me? And they're in the middle of some convoluted series that nobody wants to jump into. You know, dial it back. Delvin and I talked about how good was the Blade movie. And then you got people going to comic shops saying, let me read some Blade. And for a while they didn't have a comic and then when they did come out with one, it was kind of half not kind of. <laughs> well, it had some Bart Sears artwork, if I remember correctly, and that's yeah, always true. okay with me. But they didn't put enough effort into it. And I feel like they hit the nail on the head with this book. When I read this book, I heard the voices of the characters from the movie, although it wasn't a direct adaptation. All the right themes were there. It looked good. It read well. I saw that it was like 33 pages, rolled my eyes, wrote down to make a joke about it for Delvin. <laughs> the 33 pages flew by. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. always a good sign. So, great pick, Ryan. I 
I appreciate you bringing it to the fireplace here in the palatial Christmas decorated studios of the Longbox Crusade. Happy to do it. Weasel Skull, what do you think? <laughs> I'm going to pair it on to what a lot of the other Jason, two... I'm, Jason, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can you hand me my Sky Striker from over by the Christmas tree before you start? <laughs> oh, I put a little something special in the <laughs> cockpit for you. Okay, here's your Coastal Defender. That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're going to know why it's called a cockpit. Oh, those are pictures we won't be posting. All right. I agree with everything everybody else has said. I think that this was a wonderful comic, a wonderful first read, a good introduction into what is obviously getting set up to be a great series. Four things that I always look for in a comic book. Humor, heart, spectacle, and art. That's kind of the four things that you look for, and all four are very well displayed in this issue. As a single father, a lot of this did kind of hit home. I was particularly struck with the lengths that he would go through to be close to his daughter. And if there's one thing that those of us who are fathers know, it's it's about sacrifice. And he sacrifices a lot to be close to Cassie. I know more about Cassie and her heroic exploits through my reading of the Avengers. And it's awesome to see what an influence her father has on her in this issue alone. And what I suspect will continue throughout the series. So I really applaud Nick Spencer. Like some of you folks, not somebody that I was really familiar with. I did read the Sam Wilson Captain America. I thought it was excellent. I have the Secret Wars series sitting on my shelf, but I haven't cracked it open yet, to be perfectly honest. But what I've read from him so far, including the free Comic Book Day Spider-Man issue, I thought was very funny. This looks like a really good writer, and obviously Marvel's given him the keys to the the most expensive sports cars. So obviously he's got some talent and it's well displayed here. I think, Ryan, this was a great book and I thank you for bringing it to our attention. Absolutely. You're, you're welcome. Just uh, touching on a few of the comments that you guys made. Jared, how you mentioned this one, the way it ties into the movie and deals with the themes. I'll add that the villain is Darren Cross, who was the villain of the movie. Um, now, Darren Cross in the comics is nothing like Darren Cross in the movie. They basically just took his name in the movie because he was the name of the villain in Scott Lang's origin story, which was back in Marvel premiere, I think issues 47 and 48. So they just basically took the name, but nothing else really about the character was anything similar. But they do bring the character back in the first Ant-Man series. He comes back like in issues like two through five. So that again, if you've seen the movie, you recognize, hey, that's the name of the bad guy. There's another little in to kind of connect those worlds. In terms of Nick Spencer's writing, yeah, um, at time of this recording, I have read his first issue of Spider-Man. It's solid. It is funny. I enjoy it. I do think he is a, a really strong writer who did take a lot of flack because of the developments that he did with Captain America during the whole lead up to the, the Secret Empire storyline. And, and I don't think the way that Spencer and the editor, I think Tom Brevert, the way they handled the situation on social media was not well <laughs> well thought of. Maybe but, a little defensive. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. A little. Um, I haven't read the Sam Wilson Captain America. I kind of avoid that because I said at the beginning, I'm one of those people who really likes Ant-Man. I like that character unironically. I also really like the character of Falcon. So when they made him Captain America, it felt like they were giving him a promotion and I didn't like that idea. I was like, he doesn't need to graduate to Captain America. He wasn't Captain America's sidekick. He was his partner. So to me, it felt like they were kind of dissing on the character of the Falcon by putting him in the Captain America costume. Now, that could just be my preconceived notions and if it's handled really well and it sounds like 
like it was handled really well, I can probably forgive it and go along with it. So I will probably read that series at some point. It's um, worth I, it. Yeah, I've kind of been avoiding it just because I like I like Falcon as Falcon. I don't need him to carry the shield or anything like that. But I mean, I, I feel good about recommending this. So it sounds like you guys enjoyed this first issue. Would any of you want to continue with it and read more? I'll tell you that when it comes to giving candy canes. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, that well, sounds like a segue of some kind. Uh, <laughs> be, be revealed in our candy cane summary. Mr. Death Probe. Yes, sir. How would you rate your interest in the series on a traditional Christian <laughs> scale of 12 candy canes? Looking at these 12 candy canes in front of me, I'm going to have to go with like a three. I lied in all my reviews. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just kidding. This is pretty solid. Like I said, we basically rate these on how enthused we would be to read more. And I think I'm at a solid 10 on this. 10 out of 12 for me. Very good. Could very well see myself pulling up some more issues on the Marvel Unlimited app. And again, thanks for bringing it. I agree with Jared. This was definitely a good read. So thank you for bringing this. I think you, Ryan, have actually piqued my interest even more with the additional information you brought about the original five issue series, then going to the annual, then going to the second series with 13 more issues. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You said that the story continued on in all of those. So I like that. So I'm going to give it a 10 can of cane as well, too. And the one, the only dark web. I am just in a great mood. This mood almost matches the mood a few months back (laughs) from one of the Saturday matinee theaters that we did together. I will give this 11 candy canes. Ooh, uh, the extra candy cane. Ah, seriously, I enjoyed it that much. And I think what probably makes me most excited is everybody knows Ant-Man at this point. But as far as in the comic books, still a relative C-lister, D-lister. And if you get a writer that can create that universe around that character and make it interesting enough to read, two thumbs up for me. Uh, but in this case, candy canes. And you get almost all of them with 11. I can't believe you remember back that far when we did that Saturday <laughs> matinee. You got sharp memory. Razor sharp, man. You know, I've, I've been listening to that one over and over again. It just brings a smile to my face. Weasel Skull, what is your interest in the series? You got humor, heart, spectacle, and art. This had all four elements. I think the humor and the heart were there in spades. Could have used maybe a little more spectacle. Art was solid. I'm going to give it 10 candy canes. For the last time, I would highly recommend fans of the movies or just fans who, as Jason said, humor, heart, something, something, art. Uh, spectacle. <laughs> Fire, earth, wind, (laughs) water. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. (laughs) If you like books with word balloons, I highly recommend you check out Ant-Man and the follow-up series, The Astonishing Ant-Man. Very cool. Thank you, Ryan. That will wrap up today's gift-giving session of the 12 Days of Crusadeness. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show, or if you give one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think. You can reach us on Twitter at Longbox Crusade, Facebook at Longbox Crusade, or you can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. We're going to compile all the feedbacks for all 12 Days of Crusademus and cover it in the next full episode of the Longbox Crusade. If you'd like to hear more from our special guest, where can they find you out on the interwebs, Ryan? You can find some of my podcasts as part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, most specifically Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. It is an index show chronicling every episode of my favorite TV show of all time, Cheers. And I may or may not do other podcasts from time to time, depending on whether or not I hate the subject matter anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter. My name is Ryan Daly. Look for those in the search engine. You'll probably find somebody like me. I'm hoping, Ryan, that your heart will grow 10 times bigger this Christmas and you'll find that love again. I mean, there's a chance. Uh, we'll see. Merry Christmas, everyone. That's spirit. Merry God Christmas. God bless everybody. us, everyone. So I know what you're all thinking out there. You're loving Crusademus, but you didn't get a chance to listen last year. Well, don't worry. If you scroll far enough back on our feed, you can find all 12 issues from Crusademus 2017. You'll listen to it. You'll love it. It'll put a Christmas glow in your heart. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is under the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, DJ Cristados, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. Merry Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight with... and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. We make no money on this podcast and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. All right. Yellow highlights equal guest actions. You don't have to read that. All right. All right. Let's do it. You guys ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Let's make them hear it. Make them feel it. Make them believe it. Are you guys done? Are you done? Yeah, yeah. All right. It's tough to wrangle this crowd, isn't it? It is. Man, I, oh, I, spiky, I, like it, I like it when I'm on the other side of this and doing the interrupting. <laughs> That's my sound effect. Ant That's Man. Not bad. Not bad. Sounds just like it. Um, it was In good. I didn't know if you knew it. <laughs> How do you like it? This was my first read. I've never read this one before. I don't know if you guys knew that. But. Mr. Water Moccasin or Weasel Skull? What is- <laughs> <laughs> oh, he didn't get that toy. That's not in his stocking.
That was my favorite Cobra vehicle. You had the water moccasin, didn't you there, Jared? I had it all. <laughs> Jason just got that wind wind sail boat or whatever. We was. actually had that. We like that. The, the I got that myself, man. I saved up the proof of purchases and then the money for the, the shipping. Jared had GI Joe. I had GI National Guard. <laughs> and GoBots. <laughs> You got GoBots too. Let's let's <laughs> let's not front. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she didn't love any of us enough to buy us Transformers. <laughs> something something candy canes. Something candy canes. Yep. For just one dollar a day, you could get Jason a Sky Striker. <laughs> All right, bring us into candy canes, Ryan. Okay, well, your normal scale is out of 12 with, is it 12 being the most? Yes. Okay. So yes. Candy canes, that's the first. Yeah, I, I would do that. I'm trying, to con- I'm trying to convert more people to more of a spectrum scale, where like if you had like 1 to 12, it would actually be more like 6 or 7 would be the highest, because anything, it's too much. It's just, you know, you don't want any, you don't want to overindulge yourself. Like oh, yeah. a 12 would just be kind of obnoxious and that you don't need 12 candy canes so you want to hit that the sweet spot right in the middle but for now have you ever bought a package of seven candy canes ryan (laughs) (laughs) all right i believe they come in packs of 12 ryan (laughs) he's the guy that did morning glories isn't he that sounds right Yes, I, I have read some Nick Spencer because I did read Morning Glories and that was. Weird. I'm pretty sure that's Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story, Morning Glory? We wound up <laughs> We've actually made it past the podcasting hour with Ryan. Wow, mm-hmm. it, it, we did it. Now, uh, Ryan's central with us. Oh, is he? Yeah, I am uh, re- recording this episode from my parents' basement. Oh. So. 36 years old, podcasting about comics in my mom's basement. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm living the dream, but... <laughs> we knew this day would come. Someone made it! <laughs> You're a winner. Should I mail your Hamilton versus Burr to that address or to your... <laughs> I got it on Kindle. Uh, my man! <laughs> That's so what I tell him too. I have no intention of reading it, but you know, I did pay for it. You guys should meet halfway for dinner. Yeah. Meet me halfway. <laughs> Across the sky. I wear the Something belongs to you and I. If you're going to put me on the spot like that, okay, we can meet. <laughs> yeah. I'll oh, see you later, yeah. guy. Oh, my appendix. Oh, I think it's ruptured. <laughs> Yeah. Very nice, fella. Take a load off. Oh, well, we made magic happen again. I'm proud of 75% of us. I am, too. Wait, which which one are you referring to? <laughs> Before Ryan goes, I want all you guys to thank Ryan, because he's the one that suggested getting me another person on the podcast. <laughs> I was going to save that origin story for my first oh. proper appearance on Longbox later on. Okay. No, you can. Yeah. We'll get into more details about that because yeah. uh, I am Ryan's fault. That's what I'm learning. I was basically just telling Pat what I thought he would like to hear 
fully expecting him to just pod fade after like a week later. Like, I'm never going to hear this guy on another podcast again. And then like two months later, everybody's like, dude, this show is hilarious. <laughs> what? Wait, who's everybody? Yeah, who's everybody? Um, oh. It might have just been Shag. And oh. I, I think oh, it was that's like, good company. Yeah, I think it was the week that Jared was living on Shag's like, couch or something. Yeah. That was a good week. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was great talking to you guys. It was great podcasting with you. I uh, look forward to it again. Uh, yeah, thank- <laughs> thanks. Thanks, yeah, That's uh, that two-thirds sincere. <laughs> you are a take warrior. It. You so you're saying- good stuff. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, hey. oh, thanks for coming, Ryan. We really appreciate you coming yep. on here, and it was a great yeah. book. Thanks. Thank you very much. Glad you yep. guys enjoyed it. I uh, will talk to you guys. Yep. All, right. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Don't call us. We'll call you.